agnostics, long-haired weirdos, short-haired weirdos, vandals, hooligans. The government has the government love. The government has the government love. The government Welcome to the Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Michael Baranowski, a professor of political science at Northern Kentucky University. I'm joined today once again by our newest member of the Politics Guys team, my former NKU colleague, political scientist Ryan Teton. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm I'm okay. I really enjoy doing the the first show with you. I was thinking about that and I thought back to when Jay and I started out our first shows that oh my God, I, I don't even want to uh, unlistenable. <laughs> now now granted, I set the bar very, very low, but I'm I'm uh, positive <laughs> you leapt over that bar. So anyway, but but as Well, I hope that I didn't and drive anybody away, man. No, and of course, we always welcome feedback from listeners, whether it's about Ryan or me or Jay or any of our hosts, because you know, we do this for you guys. And uh, if there's anything we can do or stop doing or do more of what have you to make the show a better experience, we definitely want to hear about it. So, all right. So where we left off, of what we wanted to get to is uh, a Supreme Court case, oral arguments this week. I thought it was pretty interesting. This week, the court heard oral arguments in United States versus Hansen. And this case centers on uh, someone named Helaman Hansen, who was charged with violating, well, a bunch of crimes back in 2016. And these involved a scheme in which unauthorized immigrants paid him thousands of dollars in some cases to set up adult adoptions that would supposedly get them U.S. citizenship. The, the idea that if you're adopted, you're a citizen. But it turns out, that actually isn't how it works for adults being adopted, which Hansen conveniently didn't let these folks know. Um, so that's a bad, a bad guy. But among the various charges against Hansen were two counts of violating a federal law that makes it a crime to, quote, encourage or induce an alien to come to, enter, or reside in the United States, knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that such coming to entry or residence is or will be in violation of the law. Now, Hansen's attorneys argued that the law violates the First Amendment in that it's an overly broad restriction of speech. For instance, it could be argued that somebody living in the U.S. telling their non-citizen relative who can't legally come to the U.S. or can't legally stay there if they're already here, you know, oh, I really wish you could be here for grandma's 90th birthday. Is that encouragement or inducement? Well, yeah, it could be. And in fact, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals agreed with this. In a unanimous ruling, the three-judge panel wrote that it's clear that subsection D, this part of law, covers a substantial amount of protected speech. Many commonplace statements and actions could be construed as encouraging or inducing an undocumented immigrant to come to or reside in the United States. And in making its case before the Supreme Court this week, the government actually argued that encourage or induce should be narrowly interpreted. And they even went so far as to say that they wouldn't defend the law if encourage is interpreted broadly, basically saying that, well, by the plain meaning of the words, yeah, sure, that's, the statute is unconstitutionally broad, overbroad, uh, to which uh, I really love this response from Justice Sotomayor. She said, well, exactly how do you want us to rewrite, rewrite, rewrite this statute? Uh, then Justice Kavanaugh asked if aid organizations giving food and shelter to immigrants, if they knew these immigrants were in the country illegally, would that be 
an illegal encouragement or inducement for them to remain in the country and therefore a violation of the law. So there are some, I think, pretty good, there's some skepticism on the court about this law. But on the other hand, six of the justices, Roberts, Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, Barrett, and Kagan, they pointed out that, well, there have been essentially no prosecutions in these sort of grandma's 90th birthday cases, if you will. You know, no grandmother's been prosecuted for encouraging uh, their grandchildren to stay in the U.S. or come here illegally, which suggests to at least these justices potentially that there's no real chilling of speech here. And so that the law, as it is being interpreted by the government and enforced by the government, isn't unconstitutionally overbroad. What do you think, Ryan? I think the to start with the logic that um, because there hasn't been a grandma's house, uh, I'm going to stay with the uh, illustration or the grandma's 90th birthday that there wouldn't be. Um, so you're opening the door for the possibility of anything. And I think that's where, especially with political communication, um, the word choice becomes so incredibly important. And, and I'm not saying Congress gets this one right, probably even the majority of time. So you're using a word like encourage which is way too generally applicable. Is it a finger point? If you're in Mexico and you're visiting and you point to the border, is that enough? Um, it, the aid to the immigrants, like you were talking about, for those who, who live, what about tourism? If you encourage someone, well, you should come and visit um, Omaha. You should come and visit Cincinnati. You should come and visit North Carolina. If they're from another country, is that going to, because enter, Enter. It said enter and reside. Um, and so I, I think this is one of those that gets extraordinarily difficult um, and, and is way gray. That's why the United States kind of uh, the Supreme Court entering in on this, not a complete surprise because you do have a federal law um, criminalizing people uh, encouraging or criminalizing the encouragement of people to remain in the U.S. illegally. But at the, at the same time, um, good Lord, uh, what does that even mean? So I think it's a, it's an incredibly important case that could have repercussions that people don't even think about. Just because they haven't done something doesn't mean they won't. And do I call on neighbors? Are we setting up another red scare? You know, that if you think someone is an illegal immigrant in the, in the country, do you call on them? I, I mean, there, there's a lot here, Mike. There's a ton of it. Yeah, you know, I... That was my initial take, and, and maybe I end up coming down on that side as well. But then I also think I get the idea of wanting to criminalize people who do things like this this seemingly horrible person, at least horrible action by Hanson, right? You don't want somebody being able to tell immigrants lies about the United States to encourage them to break the law. And, and so I guess the question I was struggling with was, well, how does one achieve that policy objective without constraining free speech of the types that we talked about? And it's not necessarily that simple. And one way to do that, of course, is what has been done is to say, well, we have encouraged or induce. And as long as the government's being reasonable about that, which it seems like to this point they have been, it's okay. And maybe we count on the government's reasonableness to not do something like that because of the political repercussions or if it comes to a trial, the fact that a jury would be less likely to convict grandma, something like this, or a prosecutor would be less likely to charge them with anything. And so, but like you, I'm uncomfortable 
with that. And so I I take it further, man. I, you know, you, you said as long as the government is being reasonable about that. And there's where the problem comes is the application of this through individuals, boots on the ground level and reasonability of the application of what they're going after. If you have an issue for it and, and you have this case specifically, which has this individual clearly um, relevant to what we're talking about here. However, I just think if we get even more abstract or say, well, the government will handle it in a, in what kind of way? What do we want? I mean, if we're talking about immigrants and we go look at the the border, uh, I'm not sure we're handling uh, kids at the border in a way that would be reasonable. I mean, if our kids were in another country, would putting them in dog kennels without their parents be reasonable? And so I think it it's incredibly important that the, the justices, I would hope that they, when they're looking at the situation, um, you know, the Supreme Court can rule explicitly only on that singular case and then say that this is not applicable in any way, shape or form to um, the social ge- or to the issue generally. Um, or they can make that statement, which really does set a an entirely a new course of action. And and I know, Mike, that people say, you know, we don't want a, uh, an activist court. You know, they should just, well, when a Supreme Court decides to hear a case, decides not to hear a case, or doesn't do anything, they're making law. They're activists. If a case comes up before the Supreme Court and they decide not to hear it, guess what? It stands. And that is making a legal precedent. So there's no way that the Supreme Court doesn't make legal precedent. It doesn't everything it does. What we need to figure out is if they are going to open something up that could be open to abuse in the future. If I am raiding, for example, in, in Nebraska, if I'm raiding a meatpacking plant, can I arrest every um, American citizen who works there because they knowingly have people that might be illegal working there? Do we arrest the town, which knows that it has a meatpacking plant there that may hire illegal immigrants? Do we arrest? You see what I'm saying? I mean, what's the repercussion here? Uh, Is it like not enrolling in Obamacare for businesses where it's just a slap on the wrist and you move on? Or is it something that they're trying to put more teeth to? Do we do jail people who encourage others to stay here? I don't know. I mean, that's where it it gets really, really dangerous because somebody's got to draw a line. And if the Supreme Court acts abstractly, they're going to live that up, leave that up to the localities and the states to do. And and that is just an incredibly dangerous situation. Yeah, I I agree. And one option, I, of course, for the court is for, I mean, maybe Justice Sotomayor was half joking about it, but when she said exactly, how do you want us to rewrite? Re- I can't say that word. Damn it. I don't know why. <laughs> it's one of those words. Rewrite. My gosh. I, no, I have not taken yeah, my own advice and took a gummy earlier, unfortunately, but rewrite the statute. And, but to me, I mean, the court, of course, could choose that option and to say, well, this is what we've decided that Congress meant by that. But in my view, generally speaking, it's I would rather have Congress say what it means as opposed to the court say what Congress might have, what they think Congress might have meant. You know, I I think that I wouldn't have agreed with you uh, maybe 30 years ago on a court hearing a case. Um, but because we have now looked at a court which, um, in the history of the Supreme Court, is not only more public, um, but more intertwined with politics than we have ever seen in the past. And so uh, 
I used to probably have confidence that this court will be the ultimate judge of the Constitution and can see the lay of the land and our entire history and what might be good moving forward. But we're starting to see rulings that that don't necessarily take that entire longitudinal look at things and seem uh, much more. This is a situation that we're dealing with right now. We're going to make a ruling on it right now. You know, that it used to be that they delayed for dang 20 years before they would. I mean, Roe versus Wade, perfect example of that, you know. I mean, the legalization of Roe, and everybody's talked about it for, what, nearly 50 years um, about the reversal, which didn't happen until a lot of different elements all came together. So uh, I don't know. I think it politicizes the court in a way that the court shouldn't be politicized. It's it's kind of like booing at the State of the Union address. Once you open that door, now it just becomes a catcall fest instead of the yearly delivery of the priorities of the country. You see what I'm saying? So. I, I I think it's a really, really dangerous move if we're not watching it. Yeah, you know, and, and I agree. And then when I tried to sit down and rewrite in my head uh, the statute in a way that would, it, it was it was difficult. I mean, I really couldn't come up with anything that the best I could come up with is something that maybe added a provision saying that the 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 person encouraging or inducing uh, had to uh if they there was a provision about them perhaps saying to the person that they're trying to encourage or induce you know of course or i i feel obliged to tell you that this would be against the law or i have reason to believe this would be against the law but that doesn't really work and so i'm frustrated because i understand and believe in the intent behind the language but I have a hard time. In fact, I found it impossible. Now, granted, it was only just me and GPT sitting at a desk for an hour or so trying to figure it out. And I would hope the Congressional Research Service and you know, the, the combined minds there could do a better job. But it's not necessarily that easy. No. And um, I, th- I think it enters into so many uh, different issues that show how important it is. I mean, I'm political communication. Mike. You know that I have seen some words that have evolved to become um, bastardized versions of themselves that are completely hate, the exact opposite of what they originated for. And so um, that's where we look to Congress to make those hard decisions. You know, when when we teach our classes on the Congress and we have students do bills and they come up with, uh, I want this to happen. And then the, the thing we say is how and why and what if it doesn't? And what is the penalty and who is affected? And once you start getting into those weeds, you go, holy crap, this is a lot to even engage. I mean, we have to figure this out on 30 different levels. And so what we find, I think, more often than not is the federal government will kind of scratch the surface on something and then go, oh, hell no, not us, and kick it down. And that's where we see those the applications and the bureaucratic discretion take some of these things that could be awesome and kind of pollute them. Um, and And we could see this mirrored in different ways. Uh, Arizona is a perfect example of that. When you have the uh, the Department of Homeland Security there, when they had a, a Democrat governor, um, they would have a completely different policy at the borders than when they had a Republican governor. And if we're just looking at the definition of the word, well, why would effect change? I mean, it's a word. It shouldn't change the effect of what happens with the policy, right? But again, we go back to this ping pong politics where it's my interpretation of that. And then, and this is this is where Trump wins a lot of his arguments because he goes, it's how I'm interpreting it at the end. And and how do you combat that, right? How do you say, well, that's not right? Well, it's how I see it. 
Yeah, and and, okay. and certainly, certainly, plenty of members of Congress will, at least yeah. some will, will admit that. Well, yeah, we write it this way, and uh, we just kind of kick the can down the road. There was a uh, from from uh, Nebraska was was the senator from Nebraska. Now he's, I guess, the president of. Florida University system, right? Ben uh, Sass, who, yep. yeah, he wrote, he wrote a, a editorial a few years back in the Wall Street Journal saying, listen, if you want to know why the court has so much power, it's because Congress isn't doing its job in writing clear and specific legislation. We leave it up to them. And that way, they're the ones who take the blame when we don't do our job. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of sense there. That there Congress generally tends to make legislation, um, to be redundant, general. Uh, because then the states can do specific application given their population in the ways that they want to see that done. And so, you know, we always talk about how a law in one state looks nothing like a law in any other state. Um, but I, I think you're a hundred percent correct that this is something where if Congress sat down and took that time and dug in and said, what word do we actually want this to do? I, I mean, come on, a week to pick a word better than encourage. Uh, that's more that provides more clarity to anybody who has questions. I mean, how is law enforcement even supposed to take this now? If you got a call, well, we had a nine one one. Okay, well, it's not emergency. All right, what's the call? Well, their neighbor is encouraging illegals to stay <laughs> in their house. Okay, if I'm a police officer, how do you respond to that? You know, knock it off. Are are we arresting people? Are we immediately um, bringing in um, uh, in, in what uh, immigration services? Is that going to then combine so that I, I don't know, Mike, it, it seems like when generalities are applied, it leaves uh, so much open to abuse. And that is what scares me. And so I'm hoping that there can be some kind of clarification in a ruling, which will put that ambiguity to bed. Uh, because I, I'm going back to Hobbs lock, man. I, I think people could use it for good and it hasn't been used for bad. But boy, I've seen a lot of things recently used for bad in states that where people are posturing for um, the next upcoming elections, and it's dramatically hurting the people in that state. So that's fine. Hey, we need a different application for it. But boy, I sure wish the federal government would have stepped in a little bit better to make sure that if you're in this state, you don't get persecuted. And if you're in this other state, then you're protected, right? We hope you enjoyed this preview of our supporters exclusive midweek show. If you'd like to hear the rest of the episode, we hope you'll consider becoming a supporter. Supporters get ad-free access to all of our shows, membership in our Politics Guys Discord group where you can join in on the conversation, and other benefits at different levels of support. To become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash politicsguys. You can also support us through Venmo or at politicsguys or through PayPal. You'll find all of our support links in the show notes as well as at politicsguys.com slash support. And if you'd like to get the midweek show, but you're not in a position to become a financial supporter, that's not a problem. Just send me an email at mike at politicsguys.com and I'll be happy to get that set up for you.